That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bat Force Radio, a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits, covering everything from the DC universe. Comic books, video games, animation, movies, what's in Scott's trunk, man. Let's, let's get the panel out of the way. I got Bat Force Tom from sunny California. Oh, cheers. I got Grandpa Batman from Texas. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> got Robin Cross up in Canada. Oh, boot. Got the Trunkler over in Chicago. Uh... Got Legends of Lego Batman from Cali. Fake. <laughs> and I got the Grumpler from New York. Bat Force Grumps. Bat Force Grumps. And that, <laughs> oh, and, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Name, hey, <laughs> guys, raise your glasses, raise your bottles, raise your baby formula, man, to <laughs> congratulate and welcome in. Since the beginning of the Bat Force, this is the first time we have ever had new members, brought two members in. And uh, it's not it's not something that we usually do or look to do. It's just something that happens naturally. And we want to welcome on the show for the first time, officially, the Grumpler and Legends of Lego Batman as official Bat Force members. Yeah, they've been on. Uh, oh, shit. Can you get oh, triple cheers. double? Oh, cheers. <laughs> that's going to be on the back of the t shirts. <laughs> yep. They've been close friends with us for a long time. They're. Um, Hardcore, passionate Batman slash DC fans. And it was only a matter of time before the before, like they say in the mafia, the books opened and uh, we had to light the, <laughs> we had to light the candles. <laughs> so well, we couldn't get them to go away, so we just went. <laughs> 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 I know, I know Legends of Lego Batman was waiting for his due for a long time. <laughs> he, was, he was he was so tired from it, he was driving in his sleep. You could ask Tom. Tom was there, man. Yeah. <laughs> they were waiting. They were waiting for the due. They waited for that yeah. due. Mountain Dew boys. Mountain Dew. Do. Came real. It was real close to happening, like a year ago, wasn't it? It was almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. 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 yeah a year. Like, uh, I I had a. Uh, I had a picture made up and everything, and we were, you know, we were on the cusp of just doing it. Very fucked up the timeline. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Bat Force Strong. We got uh, lots to cover tonight. The Button Arc, Batman number 22. We're going to go over uh, DC Collectibles. We're going to go over the, the Bob Kane Bill Finger documentary. If, any, if anybody hasn't read Batman 22 yet, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So. <sighs> but before we get no, into any of this... The Trunkler's overdue to give us a C2E2 recap. The Chicago, yeah. can, the Chicago yeah. can show from it. 2015. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a blast as it uh, as it's always been uh, ever since I've been going back to cons. I'd recommend everybody at least try it once. It's not as busy as like a New York Comic Con or um, a San Diego Comic Con, but it's definitely. Saturdays, of course, there always have more people, but it definitely brings in a large amount of talent. Um, people talents? like uh, Chris. the talents. <laughs> like uh, people like Chris Burnham, um, Dinian, uh, Brian Azzarello, uh, Frank Miller, Grace's presence. Uh, only only for one day, but at least he was there. Um, 
Neil Adams is always there. Uh, Jurgens uh, came this time. Uh, Greg Rucka, Dustin Nguyen. But I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, there are a lot of cosplay people if that's what you're into. Um, a lot of great deals. Um, a lot of various artists. Definitely a fun time. Frank Miller, you really can't talk to because uh, there's a guy standing right there when you get your book signed. They basically close. They open the book for you. He signs it. They close the book and hand it to you and off you go. Trunks is like, Dad, nobody opens and closes my fucking book <laughs> but me. Yeah. Um, this, <clears throat> and a lot of people I've seen like on Twitter, I'm sure Neil Adams will probably pocket that money, but hey, you know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> no, who were some of the, the like celebrity guests, not the comic guests? Jared well, the Trunkler was there, so that's number yeah, one. Yeah, that was number one. <laughs> that's, that's why I would go. <laughs> Walking around like, yeah, no chance. No chance of him. <laughs> Actually, at one point I was walking around, especially on Sunday after I got my, I made a deal with a vendor. Three, I got three Mezcos. I got the Flash. Ooh, that's a bomb drop, drop right there, tank. boy. Three Mezcos. $200 out the door. Oh, and, and word on the street is you also got a first appearance of Slade. Any truth to that, Trunks? Oh, oh shit. shit. Yes, I did. Oh, oh, shit. I saw a vendor. I'm uh, a lot of them were, you know, already CGC'd, and I don't personally I don't like the look of the CGC. Uh, Excuse me, little Miss Something. Scats like fuck CGC. Yeah, I, I don't like CGC slab books, there. I agree. You can't smell that comic, yeah, there. <laughs> Once it gets CGC'd, you can never, you can't, you can never read it again. Now, yeah. I would get a CGC. I would get a book CGC'd if it was. I mean, which will never happen. Let's just say Detective 27. If I, if you ever found a copy of that, then yeah, I can understand CGC. Or if the book was worth, you know, 5000 2000 you know, 10000 When you get to that big price number, then I can, I, personally, I, I understand the whole CGC. But I like to go through my books once in a while and pull out the old issues and, you know, open them up, smell them, you know, because the old issues you can't have a new <laughs> Why does it sound dirty <laughs> when you say it? <laughs> so anyway, so I found... A few vendors that had um, Prince of Slade, uh, Deathstroke, for the listeners if they don't know who Slade is. Um, a lot of them were, you know, $300 or $250. And Fuck's sake, boy. Yeah, one guy wanted to, He, I asked him, he said he had one copy left. He gave it to me. It was, it was actually like $75, but when I looked at it, actually, I think I, I sent Robin a picture of it. Um, the whole the whole book was just faded, like it was left out in the sun for about a week. Hey. But I did find I, I did find a guy um, who had one. And I did a little bit of haggling, and I walked away with probably. He said uh, his guess would be like a like a 9.0 or mm. somewhere you know a 9.0, 9.5. But I, I thought you didn't like graded or CGC books, <laughs> there, Scott. <laughs> no, I, I I don't, and I and he could have been bullshitting me. I mean, he was from Brooklyn, so. You can't believe anything he's saying. You got two saying. New York locals now, Ooh. so you can't fucking Man. talk like that. <laughs> no, no, he's no, he's a hundred percent right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, I mean, no, I we talked for a while, so I did. I, mean, I I took his word, and the book look the book looks great. There's not a a a corner that's bent. There's no creases. Nice. The staples aren't rusted. No smudges. No smudges. Um, no, no smudges, boy. Oh, shit. Um, I was also trying to find what a... Was it uh, the actual story inside? Did you open it up? That would be the only con. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you really no, all the pages are intact. Um, nothing looked bad about it. So mm. uh, I was also I was trying to find um, that or the first appearance of Poison Ivy. 
Oh, and surprisingly, there were a decent amount that weren't graded either. That's the one uh, but again, you're talking yeah. 450, 500, 650, Ooh, yeah. 350. Mm-hmm. I, the cheapest one I found uh, was, I think, 150 or 175. And that's when someone wiped the ass with it, right, Scott? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty uh, beat up copy. Um, was that didn't have the up? poster inside? Yeah, yeah, probably didn't have the pin. Not, beat up comic. Not definitely did not have that. Um, but then when I saw the, you know, the the new the new Teen Titans um, first appearance of Deathstroke, and I struck a deal with a guy and walked away with it. So Sunday was very happy. I was definitely walking around like Vince McMahon. He walks out from, uh, from the back <laughs> back hallway. In one hand, I had a bag of three Mezcos. I had the uh, first appearance of Deathstroke in my backpack, and I walked out with an Alex Ross one woman lithograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh I shit! Very, uh, very happy. That boy. <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what Gramps is saying is like, who are the entertainers? Um, a lot of uh, wrestling people. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was there. Um, oh, wait. Uh, mean Gene, he was there. Um, oh. Oh, did they have Lonely Virgil? Nah, and I didn't see him. <laughs> no Lonely Virgil. Oh, it wasn't there. Robin, Robin uh, loves that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> it's captivating. <laughs> There were some some people from like that show Blacklist. I don't know if anybody watches that. The Blacklist. Uh, a couple, uh, you know, so, some other wrestlers like AJ. Blacklist matters, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so <laughs> does everybody in C2E to go in, uh, you know, bulletproof vests, you know, Chirac, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pleb. <laughs> no, um, C2E is held in McCormick Plaza, or McCormick Place, and um, it is on the good side of town, so <laughs> you don't have to worry about packing heat or having your vest on or, you know, you won't get shot up like 50 Cent or nothing like that, so... <laughs> Um, you, you'll, you'll be safe at C2E2, definitely now. You know, we can, that's a whole other conversation of where you're not to go to, but you're, you're safe there because that's pretty much right almost in the downtown area. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, you're pretty safe. Uh, people, um, you know, some Walking Dead people, um, some Power Rangers there. Uh, yeah, sorry, Tom. Cats and bats should not be in the live chat right now. She should be studying for finals. Oh, uh, Get on your oh. shit. Oh, or at not... least, if if you're not going to study, at least get busy on the Cat Force page. Mm. That's true. Oh, <laughs> what are you doing? Wasting time here. You want to oh, uh, wrap I... it up like a good well, yeah, Chicago dog? Quick, uh, no ketchup? No. Oh, God. Don't even bring ketchup and Chicago dog in the same sentence. You'll get your ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> um, No, but I mean, uh, overall, um, if you want to go to a con that's not as busy as a New York Comic Con or uh, a San Diego, because those are the two you always hear that are always busy. Um, is really good. Before you plebs get too drunk, eh, we're gonna discuss Batman number 22, The Button, part 3. So what did you guys think of, um, Batman meeting his father, Thomas Wayne, the Flashpoint Batman, in the back here? We should set that up for people who don't know what's going on, by the way. Set it up. For anyone who doesn't know, comic books, there's a current story arc, four issues, called The Button. It's Batman 21, Flash 21, Batman 22, Flash 22, and it's pretty much um, Batman and the Flash investigating the comedian's button from the Watchmen that was found in the Batcave and what's going on and why is uh, the time stream been compromised. If you're um, looking for it in the shop, that is spelled B U D D. O-N. Button. 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 That's the button. 
As in belly button. <laughs> <laughs> so if you read Flashpoint, Flashpoint, this is the continuation of it. Um, the Flash and Batman are trying to investigate why the Flashpoint is reoccurring again uh, after discovering the button in the Batcave. <laughs> and uh, in the first issue... Um, Batman got his ass kicked by Thon right. in his own cave. And, Batman, and, and we watched a little hockey. Yeah. And then <laughs> Thon picks then up the Flash button. Flash showed up. Picks up the button and then gets zapped <laughs> away. <laughs> and then comes back and pretty much dies after seeing what he calls God. Flash 21. Barry and Bruce get on the cosmic treadmill to go back to the Flashpoint to see what's going on. And while they're traveling through time, they figure out that somebody is manipulating this alternate universe or bringing it back or whatnot. I think as Joshua Williamson wrote, or was it Tom King, they said, uh, the Flashpoint is, it's a, a ghost of a world someone is using to haunt them. What happens is they end up in the Bat Cave, the cave, the cove where um, Thomas Wayne's setup shop is Batman. And what happens is Bruce meets his father as the Flashpoint Batman, which happens in this issue. What's really cool about it is one thing I was worried about from the last issue was that, well, you know, I was talking to think uh, Grumps about it, where the separation between Batman and his parents is like sacred in Batman mythology. So like them mm-hmm. having that yes. much face time together, I, I wasn't going to know how it was going to play out. But the way they did it in this issue was poignant and perfect. It was really absolutely perfect. Yeah. The interaction between Batman and his father as the Flashpoint Batman in this issue was uh it's pretty epic. This is going to be an issue that people are going to talk about for a long time. Um, well, I mean, at first, neither one kind of accepted it, right? I mean, Batman, Bruce Batman, and The Flash come out of the Speed Force, and they're in the cave. What I liked about this issue is that it actually starts with Thomas Wayne in the cave before finish of Flash 21. So it, yeah. it kind of you know starts ahead of that, and then moves into where the end of Flash 21 and this story. So then Bruce and Barry Allen show up in the cave. What I liked is that, you know, Barry kind of had to explain to Thomas, hey, it's been months since the Flashpoint, but it could have been, you know, things have happened since then, or actually things have been undone since then. Now he's back. And it was interesting to see that he recognized Barry immediately, of course, because he met him back in Flashpoint. But he didn't, he had handed Barry a note to write to you know, his son, Bruce, because Barry told him, hey, your son is Batman in my world. But he didn't actually believe him at first. And that was that kind of he actually kind of went at went at the Flash Barry and was like, you know, quit fucking with me, man. This isn't real. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, it's, it's pretty sad. Actually, when back, you see Thomas, Thomas is, is going to commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, and, he says, you know, he's going to hit this button and it, it, it will take me to him with him meaning Bruce. And, and that was another thing I noticed. I mean, you know, the story's called The Button, and there's Thomas holding this, you know, explosive in his hand and about to press a button, you know? While all of this yeah, is going on, Atlantis and New Themyscira is actually invading Wayne Manor, ready to kill Thomas Wayne. Yeah. That's a lot of pe- That's a lot of heavy-duty well, soldiers for one, <laughs> from one thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, because... Um, <laughs> Because uh, in Flashpoint, they're at war, but at the beginning of this issue, Thomas talking mentions how they basically joined forces. Was it in Flash twenty one that they talked about they they got a hint or something like somebody was playing with them with this, you know, time continuum in the in the flashpoint and just waiting to destroy them. Do you think it's probably the Aquaman and Wonder Woman of the Flashpoint that are kinda in on this because they're ready to kill Thomas Wayne 
who else would they use to keep, you know to take out Bruce Wayne and Batman? Dude, I love it. They're going at top after Thomas's head, and they were like, by the order of King Arthur of Atlantis and Queen Diana of New Themyscira. I'm like, Thomas Wayne's a pretty big fucking deal, man. <laughs> like for them to yeah, have that much. I mean, I was like, orally way. <laughs> when you're looking at it, how many did how many did they send after after his ass? They sent like a lot, like, like look- three or four. Like I, I, at first, you see like three or four. Looks like Amazonians. Yeah. They look like talons too. The Atlantis oh, look yeah. like talons, which is pretty cool. Actually, like I was telling you guys earlier, I actually thought it was talons for a second. I was about to lose my shit. Like, yeah, same been, here. Oh, I thought it was talons. Yeah, that would have been that would have been crazy. <clears throat> like, who else are you gonna throw <clears throat> a Thomas <throat> Wayne to? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to count. They got like five Amazonians and five Atlantean warriors <laughs> that are just running down the stairs towards. Thomas Wayne's uh, cave. They probably view it's Thomas like, as more of a threat because Thomas kills. Thomas yeah. will yeah. stab you and pal you with a sword and shoot your head off and throw you <laughs> off a building like he did with Harley Quinn, bro. <laughs> it's yeah. funny because at that moment, Bruce was like, is your cave outfitted for any defenses for unwelcome guests? <laughs> and Thomas was like, uh, no, your mother was more the plan ahead type. He's yeah. more, you know, shoot, stab, kill. Yeah. Yep. He yeah, shoots I, I first and asks questions later. Yeah. Out here. Yeah. Shoot first, ask questions later in the bedroom, that is. Like, so, well, um, it was cool because uh, Thomas pulled out his gun and he's you know he's telling. Whoa, Scott, that's so explicit here, bro. Fuck. Well, I, I didn't say pull out. out for some of the Scott. Um, yeah. It's not that force after dark quite yet. That uh, that um, panel where they were both pulling their masks on that was yeah. uh, that was pretty sweet. That was great. Well, you... and after after Thomas punches it, uh, you know, he pulls out his gun. And Bruce throws the batarang. Then Thomas pulley. Is uh, one of the Amazonians a right hook, and then as a Robin was saying, as they're pulling their masks on. Bruce just says, "This it is," and it's like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Yeah, what what would you guys think about that part where I think Thomas goes to Bruce and was like, "Something," I, I think it was something like, uh, "Why aren't you looking at me, or why can't you look at me, or something?" Straight to the fields, boy. That was right mm-hmm. in the fields because for me, I, I read that as a couple things. One, Batman maybe didn't want to get too attached to something he knew with he can't he. He knew might not even be real or would fade away. Or two, maybe he felt like his father would think less of him. I mean, there's so much going through Bruce's mind at that point. Like, I, I was like, wow, they, they, I think they really nailed this this interaction yeah. with these two. Cause, uh, Bats, Bats has always been cautious about getting too emotionally close to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, including Damien and Catwoman, you know, who probably is, I would, yeah. I would say Catwoman is probably the close, or Alfred. Catwoman and Alfred are the two closest he's ever been to anybody. That's true. Oh, look. And he still won't Sleep. let either of them in 100. percent Yeah, that's true. And, and like when 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 Flash originally brought that letter back to Bruce from Thomas in Flashpoint, Bruce shed like a little tear. I was like, this is where it's one of the very very extremely few times it's acceptable to see that because. It's his father, you know. It's Thomas Wayne. It's the reason Bat Bruce has done all of this, has dedicated his life to uh, to putting his ass on the line, you know, and dealing with these maniacs. So, and what was really sad about it too was how Bruce kept telling Thomas he, he kept wanting him to come with him back to, uh, I guess, present day the or their worst. reality. Uh, that part was hard. That was right that, in the feels. That was yeah. sad. That was like it, it mean, makes so much sense too, but it was so. Said, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was what was interesting. You know, you talked about Bruce not facing him. It's almost like he, in his mind, he didn't even accept it at first, just like how Thomas didn't accept it at yeah. first. And they kind of had to share a, a moment 
each in their own memory about when Bruce fell through the, the ground into the cave for them to kind of realize, oh, wow, this is who, this really is my father. This really is my son. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, that, that, that was that, that breakthrough moment was really kind of, you know, awesome to see. This whole issue was filled with, you know, it tugged on your emotions. And then you see that splash page of Bruce and Thomas, you know, diving uh, in opposite directions, just kicking ass. And then it takes you back with the emotions. I mean, the, the whole book was written uh, extremely well, I thought. Yeah. And um, especially the interactions with all the characters. Even when they first got there and Flash was trying to explain to Thomas, uh, you know, Thomas is like, this is a joke. You know, I thought it was supposed to go back to the way it was. And then he even... <laughs> Thomas just lunges and grabs the flash by his throat, and he's like, "This isn't real." And he's about to punch his, ass, you know, knock him out. Mm, yeah. But um, the thing yeah. that gets me is that Bruce goes for it right away. He, he starts saying, he starts calling him father. He, he's never, he's met this guy thirty seconds ago, but he made his like, father. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there's a couple of lines here. It says, "Father, your letter, or father, come with me." Yeah, grandfather. He immediately becomes the son. I I thought about this way before. I think even. The story might have been announced or close to it, or just f- for a while ago. <laughs> Joey Buttons. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe Buttons. The um, I, I thought about because with the potential of him meeting his father, I go, "What man? This is crazy. What would be the one thing if if Bruce could tell his father one thing, like what would it be? What what, what do I think would be the most important thing for Bruce to tell his father if he had that one chance? And I think it would be you have a you have a grandson." I have a son. That's the, I think that's the one thing. I did not that, expect yeah. that. Yeah. Me neither. Because that's, that's so important. You know, like, what's the most important yeah. thing that's going on in, in Bruce's Like, your, your na- our name is living on. What would that be like if Thomas Wayne ever met Damian Wayne? That's what those I was two, <laughs> Those two are just alike. Assholes. I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah, those asshole. two would hit it off great. But you know, you know what? Yeah. Thomas was, is, was such a stable, focused, decent <laughs> man before his son died. He was a doctor. He was a philanthropist, kind-hearted person, you know, like, but... The loss of Bruce just inverted him completely into this dark Batman, dude. Like you couldn't yeah. leave those two in, in the room alone together. Tom Thomas Wayne is darker than DKR Batman. Thomas Wayne is yeah. is like yeah, Batman with guns, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> so so what about the next part when when Thomas Wayne starts giving him yeah. the speech? Yeah, and I that's was crazy. like, oh my, that's oh, just what a father would say. Yeah, like, he's, he's yeah. saying that's the. Uh, <sighs> And that's going to be the uh, the game changer because he's telling he's relieving Bruce of all the burden on his shoulders yeah. by telling him, "Don't be Batman. Let Batman die." This is coming yeah, from the cause. With me. Thomas Wayne Need is the fog. cause of all this. He's the reason Bruce became Batman. So if, Bruce, yeah. if Thomas is telling him this, what's going to happen now? You know? Yeah. Don't don't do this for me. Don't do this for your mother. Yeah. You know, like, like you guys said, he's taking the burden off of Bruce and I. And honestly, I can't wait to see how this arc or how the story um, unveils. You know, how what's the ramifications of this or yeah. of that speech, rather, in the future issues to come? Thomas pretty much throws Bruce back on the cosmic treadmill after Bruce was trying to bring his father with him. That was really sad. Well, and, uh... say well, what's what's going on on in the Flashpoint in that Flashpoint world that causes Thomas to push Bruce. Somebody was making it disappear. This yeah, or yeah, the the being that made that kept Flashpoint around. They they keep on referencing it. Like Flash talks about when Wally came back in the DC Rebirth uh, special about uh, 
Wally said that there is a bigger power to, that we don't know about that has basically taken away about, what was it, five or 15 years or, or no, five years of their lives. And again, they referenced that in this issue. Flash talks about it. Constant theory is that Dr. Manhattan is the one altering all of this and that he's eliminating the Flashpoint universe. So Barry and Bruce had to get the fuck out of there on the cosmic treadmill. Bruce tried to bring his father with him, but Thomas is like, no, you got to go and just threw his ass on the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the panels after that was, was badass when uh, Thomas is walking and you can see... Um, you know, one panel is Wayne Manor starts disappearing, mm. and Thomas Wayne throws the uh, that looks like a detonator yeah. up against the wall, and he puts his he puts the cowl back on, and Badass, I mean, dude. he's like then he even scene where he's up. walking and that cape is flowing out behind him. Yeah, That's so badass, dude. And he's like Jason Fabek did an awesome job on this. Oh, yeah, and, he, he and he even uh, even flashes to where Tom, where after Bruce fell in the well or in the in the in the hole. And Thomas uh, is holding them, and they kept on asking about that earlier in the issue about, um, you know, do you remember what I told you? And Bruce always said no because uh, you know, we didn't want to scare the bats. And the whole thing that Thomas is saying is that sometimes we fall, son, but always remember, Wayne's never stay down. Then when you turn the page, Thomas Wayne's standing there with, you know, in the Batman suit with the batarangs, and he just yells out, "We rise!" And as he's running towards this white light. That was like, fucking damn. See, I, I don't think he dies. I don't think he died. Well, he goes I after. after I, I think he back. goes after some. He goes after the big force that's causing all the problems. That's what yeah. I thought, right? It was blue light, right? If I remember. Yeah, bro. He goes. He goes where Thawn went. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that's a good point, Tom. Because um, later on in the issue, when Flash and Batman are on the cosmic treadmill, Thawn actually runs past them, and they realize that they are. Right at the point where I think Thawne just saw, quote unquote, God, or right before that. Mm. Yeah. Or Jeff Johns, yeah. I like yeah. how Batman's just hanging on for dear life with his rope. <laughs> so, so, so let's talk about Thawne. Like, Thawne's uh, flying past them, and the, uh, Barry's mentions that no, that's the Thawne of the past, but Thawne has the button in his hand, the but Joey button in his hand. <laughs> and, he said, and he says, I, "I know who it is. I know who I know. I know who the you know who this belongs to." So I know who the so that can't belongs. be the yeah. ca- that can't be the past, Thon, can it? Because no. Well, it, what's weird is that I think when they were getting back to their time, um, I believe actually Flash said it. Says, up yeah, by, the time um, stream must have doubled back to this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then he's so yelling the, at Thon to stop. And then that's when he says, I know who the power of the button belongs to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that last page, and they've never faced someone like me. So, I mean. Mm. So, Thon's going to face whoever the the button. Yeah. They're probably going to watch him die in the next issue. Yeah. Who do you think? Do do you guys think that, because I think uh, part four was uh, she delayed a week. Um, Who do you guys, do you guys think that we will see Dr. Manhattan? Do you think we'll see... Maybe the comedian, since mm. he's you know famous for wearing the button. Do you think we'll? Do you think we'll get something from? You know, man. Um, everyone's leaning towards Doctor Manhattan, but this whole they've kept this under wraps so tightly that, and now it's delayed the book. I uh, I have a feeling it's going to be some crazy big reveal. This is not going to be. This is going to wrap up the arc, but it's also going to open some crazy door to to expand the DC universe. Um, I don't think we're going to get anything. 
I think it's going to be Mumra. Three issues in and you've barely gotten anything. I think it's going to be Mumra. It's going to be the sorceress from Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be Deathstroke. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Jason I, Todd. I, 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 I almost Jason Todd. <laughs> He's really so God. Uh, I, no, I was just gonna say. Um, I mean, part of me would that I would love to see. You know, the last page of that book or something show, you know, Doctor Manhattan or someone from the Watchmen or some. You know, most likely Doctor Manhattan. But I could also see yeah. where Grump's saying that they they might not show anything, but they'll show like a definite hint or yeah like a, 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 the, the outline of the of the person or something mm. so, i mean the the the, the, the arc's been really good and just in three issues you know it's like oh, you're building up to so much stuff and I, I just give me a taste or either give me a taste or give me the full blown uh give me the whole load give me yeah, the, either, the whole either, chicago dog hold the ketchup the whole <laughs> pizza there the whole, the whole deep dish, deep dish eh? either either this, the, either just Either just give me the tip or give me the whole load. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, uh, how many issues is it supposed to be? Four. 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 I just, again, slurred all my... Ten. How many issues Four. is supposed to be? Stroke alert. So, that, um, so, yeah, Batman number 22. It's going to be a very important issue. I don't... This interaction with Thomas and Bruce is something that editorial... Just doesn't let anybody do. It's it's something that uh, was well planned, well written, and uh, definitely got the feels, man. Um, Thomas Wayne's gonna be popular as fuck now. <laughs> he's gonna, yeah. I'm telling you, he's a he's a cool, interesting character. Yeah, there, there's another storm of Thomas Wayne cosplays coming. Well, Ooh. you know, um, to segue in, a DC collectible should make some Thomas Wayne figures, but uh, no, we got Ooh. 300 more Harley statues coming. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, hearing the complaints in the streets too. In the streets, gr- oh, <laughs> the streets. W- w- one of Grumps's local comic shops, yeah. uh, Gotham City Comics and Collectibles. Is that what? Yes, sir. Gotham City Comics and Collectibles. They're yeah. ordering the Harley statues. Yeah, That's how it is at my shop too. It's like everyone's slowing down too much. Deep. Ordering less action figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think DC DC collectibles are starting to learn. I'm pumping all this Harley stuff to the market. This is kind of uh, people are getting a little tired of it. They want other characters too, and we all love the hot topic crowd. Is tired. The, um... Um, yeah, they got blown up on uh, the interwebs after another announcement of more D, uh, more Harley stuff. I mean, it's just so down your throat that. It, it just had to come up, mm. figure after figure after statue after statue. Yeah. You look in previews, what? it's all Harley. It's crazy how they just flooded it. It's it's going to pop. I love Harley, but it, it's going to pop. It needs to pop. Yeah. But, you know, ironically, yeah. the comic book, man, I, I can't believe I did it. I, I actually bought a, a Harley comic this week because... Um, that, that cover was amazing. That cover was so fucking amazing. For anyone who hasn't seen the cover... It's pretty much Harley Quinn on a horse in the Jester outfit, ordering through a drive-through, and it has like a <laughs> has like a bat logo on the horse, and she's like the horse's ass. Yeah, and I was like, well, I hate this series, but that cover is unbelievable. Like that, well, I think it was um, Frank Cho who did that cover actually. Yeah, yeah I Frank bought Cho. I bought his last three covers for the Harley series because yeah. he's just been doing so yeah. good. Now, well, and and before those, the uh, the variants were all Bill Sinkevich, and he was doing great ones too. Uh, Oh, yeah, he did put, put these guys inside the book. 
game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there's there's been this subtle transition in case you have. I, I mentioned this earlier, but now we got new artists in the interiors of the Harley book, and now they're bringing in Paul Dini, and now she's wearing the right, Jester outfit up. more. So well, see, that's what I was going to ask you because the past three variants for Harley Quinn has. I think the first one was her. Uh, she's first got the suit on, and she's looking in the mirror, and she says, "Oh, it still fits." Yeah. And the second yeah. one is uh, her in the classic suit. She's walking by, and she sees that what is it the uh, the Suicide Squad suit, right in the window, and she kind of oh, has yeah. a heart coming. You know, like she's talking, you know, like a little heart above her head. Yeah. And now it's her on a horse getting drive through on a Batman on a horse that's dressed up like Batman. Yeah. And like you said, Dini, do you think... Yeah, they're, they're sliding Dini in there a little now. I'm just like... Cause yeah, they... like uh, Harley, Harley sales, the last uh, the last time I looked up her sales, she had slid down. She had been sitting for a while around top 10. The last one I saw, she was sitting around 30. So I think we might see a transition now with, with Dini writing backups. We might get uh, Paul Dini bringing Harley back to golf. Oh, oh shit! Oh, they, oh, yeah, oh, I mean it's it's the first step. Great. Just like just bring Harley back to Gotham in continuity and give her good. All that's give gonna her good do writers. is fuel more statues and more shit. Crickets. I thought you were still going. <laughs> no, that's my point. All that's gonna do is keep the. Keep it all you're going. Ab- you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Because <clears throat> they've they've milked this cow and all. No, no. Well, here's the thing: uh, if, if they, all right, let's just say for sake of argument, they bring her back to Gotham in the books, and then they start a new Gotham City Sirens book, which they probably will do if they're going to do the movie. Then, yeah. then, yeah, we'll still get Harley merch, but we'll also get more Catwoman merch, more Ivy merch, more Rogues merch. You know, so it's it's a step in the right direction. They're smart enough to know that the bubble's popping, and they they need to really. You know, return her to her roots. You know, like if you guys they like the new Injustice Two game, I think they did a really good job of uh, and kept you know capturing the essence of the Harley that most people like, and not this this garbage they've been doing in the like new. And, ha- and how about and how about that Ivy they got in uh, Injustice, right? Oh my goodness! Oh boy! Oh oh, oh shit! Well, what could that mean? Why could Robin randomly bring that up? You know? I don't know. <laughs> good people of Gotham. This is Bat Force Tom's wife. Thank you for listening to Bat Force Radio. Now will you take the trash out? Fine, God, do it now. Bill Finger, Bob Kane documentary on Hulu coming up in a couple of days. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, to make a long, old story short, Bill, Bill Finger and Bob Kane were the creative team. Bill Finger wrote and Bob Kane drew Batman since the beginning. Oh, well, did he? Yeah, did he. Throughout time, <laughs> Bill Finger created everything in the Batman got. Bill Finger pretty much created everything you know about Batman today. Yeah. But Bob Bill Finger Kane, and Jerry Robinson. Yeah, and Jerry Robinson, who they co-created the Joker and just everybody you love. And Bob Kane took credit for everything. And this has like been going on for over 70 years. It's, it's been decades since we've been actually trying to get Bill Finger's name on the credits for Batman because he created all of it. But Bob Kane took credit you know where bob king sh- where bill finger should have got it but now they got this documentary coming out on hulu that is pretty much going to um explore all of that and it's going to be a game changer it really is um and we're really excited because it's about time bill finger gets his due i i, I love that the new york post just learned about bill finger today yeah all that <laughs> once they get their hands on stuff like this they're gonna go at it the whole thing with uh, you know it's like i know a lot of people say oh you know it's a you don't kick a guy when he's in the coffin and whatnot but the thing is 
with Bob Kane, like people who knew him personally all vouched that he was a prick. You know, people who actually yeah. knew him. So, and what he did was was prickish. It, it wasn't only until his later years where he felt that guilt, probably, you know, looking, identifying his mort- mortality and realizing that, yeah, Bill should have got credit too. I'm saying well, this now because I feel guilty and I'm dying. <laughs> and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that people think, oh, this was just Bob Kane being a dickhead. That's not true for some extent because apparently his father was an attorney and saw how you know, the popularity of like characters like Superman and, and things like that, you know, you got to understand this, that was a time when there weren't superheroes before and they were like, you know, the originate originators. So his father did something very smart for Bob to set him up is like, you need to make sure that your name is always yeah. given credit on everything. So, I mean, that, yeah, well, that's that was, how, yeah, that's how it was done back then. And they were ahead of the curve where they, because he saw, saw that the, Superman's creators weren't getting nothing. Bob Kane doesn't own the character. No, he doesn't well, own he, the character. He, he, no, so whoever owns the character certainly could have given credit to uh, yeah. Bill Finger at any point in time. Another thing was that so it's, uh, it's a collaborative effort. He was smart mm-hmm. enough to to own it and sell it to DC for a lot of money way back in the yeah. day, like when this and then DC took it. And, and and that happened. That happened a lot back then. Uh, it's. Nobody talks about this near as much, but uh, Ditko got very yeah. much the same treatment. Uh, the same treatment with uh, Stanley. Yeah, Kirby's Kirby too. I think. I think, yeah, yeah. I think was it Kirby? I think mentioned was talking yeah. about yeah. Bill Finger as well. Yeah, yeah. where he should have got his due. But the thing is, like when, like Finger wouldn't stick, you know, wouldn't stick up for himself or stand up for himself. And then when he finally did, I think it was in like the seventies or early eighties. Bob King was ultra defensive about it right away and making threats and saying, oh, if you believe it, then come out and say it or something like that. And and trying to nip it in the bud because he knew that all these years he was taking credit for it. And when Bill actually created the universe, you know, but that was back. You're talking about the 40s when you were lucky to get food in your stomach, let alone have a job as a writer, you know, it's or getting paid to be a writer. So it was it was a different time, but that doesn't necessarily make it right. That it took this long to for to acknowledge that Bill actually did create pretty much everything in the Batman universe. I mean, if you even go back to the Golden Age, you see that Bill Finger wrote stuff that inspired everything from Dark Knight Returns to No Man's Land to even Nightfall to fucking everything. Like, Bill Finger is the foundation. Yeah. Even the New 52, you know, we get a lot of our stories. Everyone thinks, oh, these guys are making this new stuff up. Now they're just kind of, you know, circling the wagon and kind of making it updates to you know classic stories yeah because if you're a batman writer you have to go back to the roots you have to know that shit and all these guys go back to it frank miller did in the 80s you know scott snyder did everyone that they went back paul paul did and and they just took specific things from the great bill finger he just laid it all down and the first joker story ever written was by, by bill finger and that to this day is one of the most brilliant joker stories ever written and you could see that story in The Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan where, you know, uh, the Joker's disguised as a cop trying to uh, kill somebody. Or the Joker says he's going to kill somebody at midnight and nobody, you know, the cops are surrounding the guy and then he doesn't realize that he's, like, drinking poison that the Joker left or something. like. And then Joker pops out of, like, this this knight armor or something. Like, that That kind of writing, that, that all comes from Bill Finger. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this documentary. It's going to be... It's going to be a game changer. And, uh, and, you know, future generations that are going to be Batman fans, there's going to be a dick load of Batman fans, especially after the 
the Batfleck movie gives birth to a whole new generation of Batman fans. They, everybody should know who Bill Finger is. So. And uh, another good thing about Bill getting the credit, Bill died penniless. Yeah. And for years, everyone thought that he didn't have any uh, living relatives because uh, Bill had had a son who was uh, who was gay. So they thought that was the end of Bill's line. You know, there was no one else after he had passed. But he had uh, had a child before he uh, you know, had made that transition at whatever point in his life. Mm. So uh, yeah, so it was discovered that he has a daughter. Uh, her name is Athena. Mm. And she started being active at, you know, DC functions and things like that. So uh, I'm sure that there was some sort of settlement that uh, his family finally got paid. Mm. Well, you do see now, especially in the books, Bob Kane with Bill Finger, you know. That'd be a good thing. Hulu, I think May 8th, I think it comes out. So Shadow. Oh, yeah, Batman Shadow. Did we cut off? Well, it came out last week, and I, we were going to talk about it last week, but we had some technical difficulties. But mm, I just... I just really liked how formative uh, Batman, or it showed how formative the shadow is with, you know, the creation of Batman. You you talk about, you know, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Those guys were probably influenced by, you know, the the shadow radio series, you know, as part of creating Batman. So it's just really cool to finally see these two characters in one title together. I'm digging it, man. It feels, it feels like a good detective story so far. And Shadow's yeah, a classic I mean, character, man. So, uh, it, the, I mean, they've only, uh, how many, is it a four part series or a six part series? Yeah, I think that's right. I can go check one, but I'm pretty sure it's six. Yeah, pretty sure because it's this first issue kind of leaves you, you know, scratching your head a little bit because, you know, it starts off as, uh, you know, this guy that works inside Arkham Asylum that pushes around like, you know, a sandwich cart for the inmates. And uh, I love that guy. You see it. So nice. Yeah, you, you see that nice panel of Ivy, Mr. Zeus, you know, Maxi Zeus. Mm. He's got Harvey. And then he, you know, he approaches Mr. Freeze and he, you know, addresses him as Dr. Freeze. Freeze is jacked, bro. You see Freeze in there? He's yeah. fucking. He he's like Jock Monday, right, Grumps? Remember that picture? In his little in his little tidy whiteies. Yeah, so yeah, Philippines. <laughs> but what kind of threw me off at first about this book is that this guy gets killed real quick into the story. Yeah. And uh, when the police show up, you know, um, Montoya is like the lead detective, and uh, she kind of almost takes like the role of gordon in a way as being like kind of a liaison with with batman you know she's like she gets the you know the regular cops out of there and then she's like all right i know you're there what do you want and uh you know batman's in the room the guy that got killed shares the name as the shadow which is kind of interesting so is it you know apparently this guy's a descendant of uh the shadow in Mm. some way so that's kind of you know the first mystery. Yeah. Well, you know it's cool. We were talking about earlier that, that the shadow was one of the inspirations drawn to create Batman, wasn't he? Yeah, the shadow, Zorro, Lone Ranger, the Bat from the the movie The Bat back in the day. So, uh, so it's pretty cool to see this this crossover going on. Well, then it also includes you know uh, Henry Ducard who helped train Batman. Mm. Yeah. Did they establish it at the end? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was pretty much set up that they're the same person. Hmm. Yeah. So in some ways the shadow actually kind of 
it kind of insinuates that the shadow helped train Bruce Wayne. Mm. Yeah. So, Gramps, are you going to trade weight this, or are you going to are you going to get them <laughs> floppies, boy? Are you going to well, flop around? Huh? You know, flop it out on that desk. <laughs> 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 they keep coming out with these cool uh, variant covers. I'll probably floppy it and then get the big trade because I did collect like uh, three of the sketch covers. Mm. And then they had a black and white color your own cover that I, I really just like the black and white look. Yeah. But I'm going to use those sketch covers. That's kind of my new thing right now. Sean, the boys I'm going to start. Yeah, boys. I'm going to start doing these sketch covers, man. Nice. Going to flop that sketch cover on that desktop, boy? Yeah, it cost uh, $95 per sketch cover. <laughs> hey, don't you guys laugh because there's a Grandpa Batman variant Batman. cover. In Scott Snyder's Scott office. Yep, I could there be on All Star soon. I've got to, I've got to serve tacos at lunch tomorrow at my work, and I'm probably going to ask people, who'd you vote for? And if they, <laughs> the trunk. No the taco for you. Here. No taco for you. I'll be the Grant's taco Nazi. Five o'clock news, getting into a fist fight at work. Hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.